Welcome to Vision Source Next, Embracing the Future, an in-depth look at growth opportunities through the Vision Source Next program. In part one of this three-part podcast series, we speak with Dr. Amir Kashnevis and Dr. Pete Kehoe of Vision Source. They share their views on a bright future for optometry for those who are part and those who become a part of the Vision Source community of independent practice owners. Well, we want to welcome two visionaries of the optometric field, the profession. Dr. Amir Kashnevis is uh, Executive Vice President and Chief Clinical Officer for Vision Source, and Dr. Pete Kehoe is Senior um, senior Advisor Vendor Practice Development for uh, Vision Source, in addition to many other um, accolades you've uh, achieved over your, uh, your long careers and uh, your commitment to the optometric profession. Um, Vision Source has... Uh, is has celebrated 25 years. I think you're going toward 30 years um, in uh, existence, and over that time has morphed a great deal. I think as the uh, needs of the profession, the opportunities for the profession have changed and grown. Can you tell me something about that milestone coming up, and and what's on the horizon in terms of uh, the leadership of uh, Vision Source, where you see yourself going? Thank you, Roger. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, I believe that we're um, looking at an organization that in its maturity and in 30 years of existence has delivered the greatest value to our independent private practitioners. Uh, truly, no one has been able to help our practices grow and maintain and prosper uh, through some turmoil, through times where there's been some challenges. We've seen our doctors not only uh, deliver great patient care through all the programs that we deliver, but uh, to look at their businesses and to understand their practices better and then in a collaborative effort, uh, they've been able to sit together and really form local consulting teams and deliver value well beyond the idea of a buying group or an alliance. We believe that the familial environment that we create at Vision Source is the reason why for 30 years we have outpaced the industry by at least twofold in growth. And uh, that secret formula uh, is still the, the base and the essence of who we are. But what's important is that as we look at 30 years and we look at the future, doctor leadership is a critical component to the viability of our network because uh, as practicing doctors, we are able to uh, go through the pains of our uh, members and understand the challenges they face and then bring those challenges to talented professionals who are gifted at creating programs um, and being able to deliver high-level value, and for us to be able to expand services that we provide to the public. And so as I look at Vision Source, it's no longer uh, sort of a linear uh, savings uh, organization, uh, and not that it ever was, but today more than ever, we're looking at the ability for us to deliver the most value to our membership and to expand their uh, services and the needs of the patients. And so uh, I'm going to ask Pete to sort of share uh, an idea that um, that he has had, and it's just a continuation of thought at Vision Source. Yeah. Thanks, Amir. Really, the concept it centers around uh, total optometric care, total optometric patient care. Um, optometry has a wide scope of practice throughout the country. And when I was AOA president, it was always trying to raise that level of scope up uh, and to encourage our doctors to actually participate at the highest levels possible, whatever their license will allow. And throughout our network, we've got literally 
thousands of doctors and practices that are practicing at a very high level that's really taking care of the refractive side all the way to the high-level medical management and even laser treatment uh, in some of our states and some of our doctors are doing that. So what we really want to do is to kind of bring the focus back to um, really understanding how to really participate at the fullest uh, potential of their practice when it comes to the medical side. Um, we've worked very closely uh, through Dr. Paul Williams trying to get uh, relationships with uh, medical panels and, and medical groups throughout the country. And we want to make sure that we're able to practice at the fullest scope possible that our licenses allow in all of those networks. Um, I think it's really more of kind of like Amir said, going away from the idea that it's a refractive profession and really it's a total optometric patient care profession and really trying to encourage our doctors to really step it up. Um, some of the studies show that there'll be a three times greater growth in the medical side of, of eye care in the next five to 10 years versus just the refractive side. And with the aging population, we have to be prepared for that. Yes, good. Uh, you're involved with uh, students off at Illinois College of Optometry, and, and Amir, uh, you're a graduate of PCO, and I don't know, are you involved with, uh, with their alumni or, or with students there, perhaps? Um, what do you see in terms of the preparedness of the students coming out to meet those greater challenges, the expanded need for medical care? And what initiatives does Vision Source have in particular to engage uh, that, that next generation of, uh, of practitioners and leaders to practice, as you said, at, a, at the widest uh, scope of care? So I think that it's important that we look at the lives of our students as they enter the field um, are we able to create an opportunity for them to get out and have uh, really no, um, uh, no influence over the way they practice? Can we give them the opportunity to be their own bosses and, and to own a practice whereby they are the, the ultimate um, person in charge of the patient's care? That there is really no one they answer to. I feel very strongly about this. As I lecture to students around the country, one of the things that I've always shared with them is one of the reasons I believe private practice is the very best way to practice is because you have the ultimate responsibility to the patient, that you are not passing the buck to someone else and saying, well, it's not my practice, it's someone else's. And I believe that when a clinician looks at a patient uh, and they are the ones who are the ultimate decision maker, uh, you are much more patient-centric in your approach. And when you're one layer removed from the doctor and you're making decisions that are clinical decisions, you tend to make less patient-centric decisions. And so when we speak to our, uh, to our students around the country, one of the things that I always share with them is we will open the doors and the opportunities. We'll give you all the resources to take away the fear level of opening a practice, joining a practice, and ultimately uh, taking over a practice. Or even if you want to start from the beginning. Uh, we have this idea of a warm start, which is many resources that we pump into the opportunity for a cold start to get off the ground and be in the black a lot faster than you would on your own. And so I know that Greg will speak to that. But one of the things that I will share with you is that private practice of the future is modern. It's much more technologically advanced than we see today. It is focused on the needs of the next generation of our seniors uh, but just as much on the needs of our kids who are facing a myopia epidemic. And so my job at Vision Source is to make sure that our programs prepare our current doctors, but to set the stage for the next generation to come in and hit the ground running. 
Let me challenge you a little bit on that fear factor. Can you outline that for us? What does the fear factor look like from a financial point of view coming out of out of school with the kind of debt that students have and looking at the acquisition of a practice so that, as you say, Amir, uh, they enjoy the um, the satisfaction of ownership. And you take that a little bit further, ownership of the patient, really, of, of the patient's care, uh, as well as just ownership of a practice. But let me ask you, Peter, about what are those fear factors that you hear from students mm-hmm. coming out? So, uh, Roger, like Amir and I, we've had the opportunity to visit pretty much every school that has students. And when I see those students and talk to them, usually they have two concerns. Uh, One is a lack of real solid confidence that they really are prepared to go out and manage those patients on their own. Um, But I pretty much allay those, you know, myths really quickly by sharing that they are already doing that when they're in their externships. Uh, most of the externships that these students go through are amazing opportunities, VA clinics and private practices that are practicing at the highest level possible. The other concern they have is their student debt. And what they hear as a student is, you can't go into private practice. Don't even think about private practice while you're in school, at least for the first five years after you're out of school. You just can't do it. You've got too much debt. Go get confidence. You know, Go work for somebody else. Well, in our program, it's called Vision Source Next, we're really trying to make sure that we give opportunities to those students. And my job when I go out and talk with those students is to say, guess what? Private practice is alive and well, and we want you, and we need you in our practices to move forward so that they, if they have that desire to be an owner down the road, we have that pathway for them. Now, the clinical skills, you say, are there, and they're often honed by a residency or a program after graduation that can uh, provide a, a specialty. Um, what about the business skills? When are those imparted? Is that something that, from what you see, students have an aptitude for? Some do, some don't. Some are going to be employees. Some are going to be entrepreneurial. Tell me about uh, what you see in terms of that quality. And also your personal uh, journey with this. Namir, your father was a, a physician. Peter, I believe you also came out of a, yeah. a tradition. So you had models of, mm-hmm, uh, sure. of what it was like to own a practice, to run a practice. And how has that changed? Well, okay. I'll, I'll take the lead on that. Just initially, I think Peter's so involved in it, I would like for him to, to speak to that. But my personal feelings, uh, remember a couple things. When students uh, join us, they inherit a family locally. And these are doctors, men and women, who will absolutely take a new practitioner as their own. Um, The safety that they feel in the local networks is second to none. And so the modeling effect happens simply by peer collaboration. Uh, I can't tell you how many young practitioners have joined me in the Charlotte market, three in the last year that have started cold, all three female, all three absolutely driven Uh, to succeed. They attend every meeting. Uh, They are an absolute sponge. Uh, And our membership enjoys them so much because what we see is an opportunity for them to come in and ask a tough question, maybe one that we haven't faced in a long time. But in the room, there are practitioners at all stages of their career. And they're able to immediately jump on and share. Uh, I have seen doctors say, I will just email you or zip uh, zip drive with my entire you know, manual on on uh, office policies and uh, immediately take care of a need that a, the, that a young practitioner may have. Uh, but beyond that, it's not just the giving of the information. It's it's the come to the office, learn from us, take it back, implement. So there's going to be a very, very quick uptake of information in our networks that happens at a local level. 
But as we talk about next, one of the things that we do is we partner with uh, great uh, companies like Acura Advisors. And I'll let Pete speak to that. But how do we deliver the business acumen, the, the information that they need right from the start and surround them so that they're not left out uh, in the cold? Right. I think when it when you think about a student's career or journey through four years of optometry school, um, some schools have a pretty strong practice management program. Others less strong. I won't say um, they're perfect, but none of them are because the reality is, is that nothing on boards relates to practice management. And their entire focus is to make sure that they can pass boards and get a license. There are some students that, that are very entrepreneurial by nature. And so they've been involved in the private practice clubs and things like that. And that's where we've really been able to expose them to not just vision source, but the idea of owning your own practice or being involved. I think to Amir's point, though, is, is that, you know, the path with Next is we can allow students, new graduates to come into a private practice, learn from a seasoned practitioner, potentially become a partner and ultimately the owner of that practice. And it's learn, learning by modeling, as Amir said. That's really the beauty of the network where everybody really is, Amir likes to say, we lock arms together because we really feel like a family of 3,400 practices. And I think that's really how they become confident in their business skills. And um, the beauty is, is that there are some people in your network and in my Illinois network that are really strong business people, others who've been successful practitioners that have become better business people because of their peers in that group. This concludes part one of our podcast series, Vision Source Next, Embracing the Future. Please continue with parts two and three and look for other podcasts from Review of Optometric Business.